Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In many of Paul's letters, he makes a distinction between we and they. In the last days, there will be many people who will openly oppose the message of Jesus and align themselves with the enemy. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will be sharing about how the Bible says these people will act during that time. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on March 5th, 2023. Today, I want to borrow the idiom, waiting for the other shoe to drop. You've heard this, right? This saying, well, I want to talk about this as it relates to where the world is at now, and here's why. The meaning of the idiom is that of waiting for an expected and inevitable event to occur, often seen as something negative or catastrophic. And the reason it's expected is because the first shoe already dropped, and now it's just a matter of time before the other shoe drops. What's interesting about the origin of this saying, this idiom, is that it actually came from the late 19th century in New York City, when construction at that time was not like it is today. And so in these apartment complexes, you would have your bedroom right underneath the other person's bedroom and the floor above you. They would come home from work, take off their shoes. You would hear that first shoe drop, and then you would just wait. Yeah, so the first one dropped, okay. When's the other one going to drop? Yeah, that was pretty good. Good jingle. You'll never forget that, by the way. So that's where it originated. And it's uncanny because so too is this true with Bible prophecy, such that the first shoe has already dropped. And now it's just a matter of time before the other shoe also drops. Question. When did the first one drop? And perhaps more importantly, what was it prophetically that dropped? Answer? Well, let's answer the when first. The first shoe dropped three years ago 
in the year 2020? And the answer to what is the powerful deception that dropped on the entire world? The entire world. Now, the question becomes one of, what's the last shoe to drop in terms of prophecy? And again, perhaps more importantly, when? Well, let's answer this twofold question. First, when? It absolutely has to drop at any time now. And this by virtue of what the other shoe represents. What does the other shoe represent? Sudden destruction coming down, and the sudden rapture of the church when we're caught up. That's the other shoe that's about to drop. In other words, the other shoe is the rapture, pre-tribulation rapture of the church, then the Antichrist's revelation, then the commencement of the seven-year tribulation. May I invite you to join me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I will never tire of reading this well-known passage concerning the rapture. The Apostle Paul, let me just kind of give you a quick backstory so you know the why behind the what of this first letter to this church. The Apostle Paul spent at the very most, some believe, three months when he started this church in Thessalonica. And if you can imagine, the Apostle Paul had the audacity to teach them Bible prophecy. They're new believers. I know, the best kind. And he not only teaches them Bible prophecy, he teaches them about the pre-tribulation rapture. One more thing on this. This is the first letter that the Apostle Paul would ever write. His second letter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was 2 Thessalonians. I know that's deeply profound because, and by the way, we're going to be in 2 Thessalonians today as well. So I want to draw your attention to chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, and we're actually going to go on through to chapter 5, verse 3. And the reason is, is that, I hope you know this, there were no chapter and verse breaks in the original manuscripts. It read as a contiguous letter. So they were added, and I'm so glad they did. Could you imagine trying to get you to turn to towards the end of this letter, and I couldn't cite chapter and verse? So those were added, but I don't want us to sever the continuing narrative that Paul is writing to them about. So let's begin in verse 16, 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. That's significant. There's two kinds of trumpets 
There's the trumpet of angels for Israel, the trumpet of God for the church. There's the first trumpet, the last trumpet. Please make that distinction and delineation. So, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. This is their bodily resurrection. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin. This is the rapture. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Now he continues, but verse 1 chapter 5. Concerning the times, pardon me, the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, some of your translations render that word security, it's the Greek word asphalia, translated security, safety, stability. When they're saying those two words, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now why do I emphasize that? Because notice Paul says, we and then he says, they. We are the we. We are not the they. I hope you got that, because that's the best I got. <laughs> we escape. They don't. We are caught up. They are not. Sudden destruction. Here's the thing about sudden destruction. Again, I know deeply profound. You know, I stay up at night thinking about these profound things. You know what sudden destruction is? It's sudden, the destruction. Told you, I stay up at night thinking about these things. Key word sudden. It comes suddenly, unexpectedly, upon them, not us. We escape, they shall not escape. And so what Paul is saying here is, <laughs> we're going to be caught up, raptured up at a time when they are saying two specific words, peace and security, peace and stability. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to begin reading in verse 1, and I'm actually going to read from the 1599 Geneva Bible. This predates the 1611 King James Bible. Verse 1, Now we beseech you, we beg you please, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I want you to notice this, and by our assembling unto Him. Did you catch that? 
the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is the second coming. Our assembling unto him is the rapture. That ye, verse 2, here's that word again, be not suddenly moved from your mind, nor troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as it were from us, as though the day of Christ were at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, verse 3, for that day shall not come, except there come a departure, departing rapture first. That's the rapture. Has to happen first. And that that man of sin be disclosed, even the son of perdition which is an adversary, and exalteth himself against all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he doth sit as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not, verse 5, that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth or restraineth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he which now withholdeth restrains shall let till he be taken out of the way. And then, oh, because Geneva, 1599, was local. And then shall that wicked man be revealed, not before, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall abolish with the brightness of his coming. Daniel 9.27, please don't get whiplash on me. I know I'm, but this comports with this Second Thessalonians 2 prophecy. It also comports with what we affectionately refer to as the Olivet Discourse, when Jesus himself in Matthew 24 quotes Daniel 9.27. Daniel writes, he will confirm, that's an interesting word in the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament. It just so happens to be the same word in my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word ikbir. Ikbir means to make stronger, greater, spectacular, superior. He will make ikbir, confirm a covenant with many for one seven. That's the seven-year tribulation. In the middle of the seven, the three-and-a-half-year mark, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering, and at the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Daniel chapter 8. This is all going to fit beautifully together in a moment. Verses 24 and 25. We're told that the Antichrist will 
destroy wonderfully. I know that's a paradox, an oxymoron, destroy wonderfully. What does that mean? Well, it carries with it the idea of extraordinary annihilation. It's spectacular again. And notice this word, uh, prosper. He will prosper at this extraordinary annihilation and destruction. He will be met with success, prosperity, and through his policy also, he shall cause deceit to prosper. Deceit to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart. And this is interesting, by peace shall destroy many. By peace? Yeah. Not war? No. Peace? Yeah. By peace he will destroy many. Can we go back to 2 Thessalonians 2? You okay so far? Verse 9. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, verse 11, God sends them a powerful delusion, so that they will believe the lie, and so that all will be condemned who have not, this is important, who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. In other words, they've already rejected the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And they have rejected Jesus, the truth. And so God just says, okay, I'm not going to force you. You've made up your mind, you've hardened your heart, and you've sealed your fate. So I'm going to give you over to this powerful delusion to believe this lie. Now, these prophecies and the others along with them provide us with a gauge of sorts for their final fulfillment from front to finish. Let me explain. Once they began to come to pass, they set in motion the inevitable progression towards their ultimate and final fulfillment. I've oftentimes referenced Bible prophecy as having a shelf life, uh, an expiration date, uh, a striking while the iron is hot. Because once something is in motion, you've just got a window of time with which to complete that which has begun. And I see Bible prophecy this way. This is why I see all that has happened and is happening as being the end. Because 
it has already started. That first shoe is already dropped. Now the other one has to drop. You've already set it in motion. It's inevitable. And as such, it's now just a matter of time in the sense that this other prophetic shoe, as it were, must subsequently and ultimately drop. If you'll kindly allow me to, I'll specifically address the significance of these prophecies that were set in motion back in 2020 when the first shoe dropped. And we're going to start with the first month of the year 2020, January. And what's been dubbed the deal of the century, which was to bring peace to the Middle East. The sole goal of said peace plan was for both Jews and so-called Palestinians to live side by side together in peace and security. It should be noted that this peace plan is titled Peace to Prosperity. Does that sound like the prophecy we just read in Daniel? That's because that's what the prophecy is that we just read in Daniel. So it comports with Daniel's prophecy and the specificity of Daniel's prophecy concerning, key word again, deceit. Deceit prospering. The prosperity of this deception and peace will be the catalyst for the destruction. This peace plan is not about peace with Israel. It's about the destruction of Israel. You know, many years ago, Yasser Arafat, remember him? We want peace. No, you don't. He would say that when he was in the U.S., but then he would go back to Ramallah, and in Arabic say, peace for us means the destruction of Israel. And he would say it just like that too, with the, all the enunciation. Actually he said that in Arabic. Now it's important to understand that this is Islam. And it started with Muhammad and then Saladin after him. You make peace with your enemy, then you destroy your enemy. This is their playbook. This is what they're doing. <laughs> you, you, you think they want to live side by side in peace and security with the Jews? No, they want to kill the Jews. That was really uh, harsh the way I just said that, but it's true. It's true. They hate the Jews. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. 
If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.